Hey, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I hope everyone has had a fabulous, fabulous day with friends and family. Wishing you joy and happiness and good health. Today I woke up and I thought, I really want to have a good conversation with somebody, and I couldn't think of anybody better than my good friend Christy Lloyd. Christy's in uh, Michigan, and she's um, the chair of the Southwest Michigan Group of the Michigan Sierra Club. And she's also the conservation chair of the Southwest Michigan Group. Also, Christy works with us at Wolves of the Rockies. She's phenomenal at research. If you have a question, she's got an answer. She's just that amazing. And she's just a good friend and a whole lot of fun to talk to. So I called Christy up and I said, let's just sit down and chat and open this up to everybody out there. And so really this conversation is about Yellowstone. It's about the past, the present, the future. It's about Montana and Michigan and Wyoming and Colorado. It's just kind of everywhere. But it's a fun, good, in-depth conversation. So I want you to just kind of kick back this evening or tomorrow or throughout the week and just kind of listen to what we have to say. And if you have questions, give me a shout. Send me an email, Kim at wolvesoftherockies.org. I can answer as many emails as possible and throw out, uh, you know, a, a podcast at some point just to, just to answer your questions. So literally, without further ado, here's my conversation that uh, Christy and I had today. Good morning and Merry Christmas, Christy Lloyd. Merry Christmas, Kim Bean, from me in Michigan to you in Colorado. Hey, Minda, that sister. Listen to us. Yeah. We're sitting here alone on Christmas Day going, I don't know, let's do a podcast. <laughs> Why not? What else are we doing? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's still, it's it's a Merry Christmas, and hopefully we'll be able to get out of this out of this year unscathed or less, less scathed. Um, well, I'm hoping hard. I I, I have hope. Gosh, isn't that a nice word, hope? Yeah, we haven't been able to use it without the word no in front of it before, you know, in, in like four years. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the political spectrum. And we're heading into, uh, you know, it's it's it seems like they always say, you know, the, the, the darkest before the dawn. It's always darkest before the dawn. And I just yeah. feel like this has been the longest night of my life kind of a feeling, oh. you know. Good way to put it. But we're just, um, you know, like you said, we've got hope. And then I look at things um, on state levels when it comes to wolves, and I cringe. And so, you know, you're in Michigan, and mm-hmm. you guys have, um, you know, your legislation is as it comes, I think you had said. And so tell me a little bit with everything you're doing there. I mean, the Sierra Club, what you guys are doing, what's going on legislatively for for Michigan wolves and um, wildlife. I mean, what's what's happening right now? Well, lately, the um, Sierra Club has been focusing on um, non-wildlife issues pretty much until it comes more to the forefront, I think. We've been working on um, <clears throat> decommissioning um, Line 5, which is uh, – uh, Tar, it's a pipeline from uh, Canada to, um, it goes all the way from the UP or the Upper Peninsula of Michigan under, um, it's a pipeline that's laying on the bottom of Lake Michigan and Lake Huron, 
which is basically the same body of water. It's just on that side of the, the bridge, it's Lake Michigan. On the other side, it's Lake Huron. Right. But there's this pipeline underneath. It's been dinged by anchors. It's got oh. cracks. Um, so we're trying to get that. So the company that owns it, Enbridge, in their infinite wisdom, well, we'll just build a tunnel over it. Yeah, I've been reading in case about it this. Leaks. I've been reading yeah. about this. And the problem is, is that it's due. I mean, with everything that's been hitting it and um, the age of it and so on and so forth, it's it's going to happen. It's just right. a matter of time. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it would be pretty devastating. Um, water is life. And in Michigan, we're surrounded by water. Those lakes provide drinking water. There's, you know, uh, recreation, you know, with boating, fishing, um, you know, we need, we need clean water here. We can't have water contaminated with oil. Yeah. We've got enough of that going on in Michigan, right? Right. That and other things in the water, lead, that still hasn't been resolved. Um, we've had PFAS. Uh, that's a whole other, I could go on. <laughs> but um, uh, I think things are, you know, sometimes things have to be in place and it's timing What before any progress can happen. Um, otherwise, you'll just be, you know, beating your head against the wall. Constant. So, We've had to, yeah, we've had to wait for, uh, you know, the right people in the right positions to get anything moving. So, well, you guys have an that, amazing governor, and so yeah, we. God, she's been going through hell lately, hasn't she? Um, I can't she, imagine her life. She's a strong cat, though, man. I really, really dig her. Um, so I'm hoping. How do you see things going forward for? you know, the ecosystem, the lands and, and wildlife moving forward now, obviously with the new administration, federally speaking, but how are things statewide um, as far as the elections go? Well, we have um, our two Democratic U.S. senators, Debbie Stabenow and um, Gary Peters, and, you know, to work with a Democratic president, which, you know, would be a good thing. Um, my area is, um, hmm, there's one packet of blue, as they say, surrounded by red, but, um, we are, there's a Republican majority. It's still in the house and the Senate, but, um, I think they can be, I hope that they have learned some lessons from this past year where, um, you know, crazy doesn't really get you anywhere. Yeah. Let's try stopping the crazy and going with cooperation because our, our state legislature has been just as nuts as, as some other ones, you know, with the pro Trump and the pro, uh, anti-governor, you know, the, um, the, the loss of their freedoms, you know, by having to wear a mask, you know, and then with our politicians supporting that, which didn't get them anywhere, you know, laughing stocks and made them, you know, a skit on Saturday night live. <laughs> right. right. And I think it's but, gotten away from the whole point of, of, um, you know, governing for the people and, and governing for the state, you know? It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been for about them. Yeah. It's been about them. And usually, you know, the flavor of the moment is usually what politicians gravitate towards because 
you know, it means votes. And um, typically the people, I, I don't know, it's like conservative, I wouldn't even say conservative. I wouldn't, you can't say all conservatives or all Republicans, but it seems there seems to be a trend where um, people, um, you know, they get this certain mentality, you know, like we've had with the anti-masker. Those people vote, but they don't have a lot of money to, to donate or whatever. So the politicians kind of support that crowd because they know they're going to get votes. Even though the people with money might not be like, I can't support that mentality. Or some of them are like, you know, it, it's hard. I don't know. I, I don't really know how to describe it. Well, I think, you know, you look at the lobbyist aspect of it. So those that are actually getting in there and creating, um, and I'm not talking about lobbyist money necessarily, but I am talking about those that are getting in there and giving people information that's vital to a cause. They're looking yeah, at, but they're looking at a mass of, of people that are a, a number that are a vote, not, and they're not going to do anything to help these people. They're just grabbing the, Exactly. They're just grabbing, like you said, the, you know, the thrill of the moment and going, oh, well, this, you know, I'm going to jump on this bandwagon and that will get yeah. more votes in versus actually saying, hey, listen, like you said, they may not have money. They may not have, you know, stature in that aspect. But, you know, being a good politician um, for the people is to say, listen, we we need to we need to save one another. Let's just let's just get through this. Let's do the mask thing. Um, and let's work on things that will help you, i.e., let's get the lead out of the water. Let's work on, you know, helping you find jobs and bringing jobs in, you know, instead of focusing on those types of things. Yeah, because those on things. The thrill of the moment. Right, yeah. And because those things, you know, are long term where they could really do something for people. Right. Like, uh, you know, look, look at the COVID relief bill. Well, that, you know, that's, I guess that goes back to, you know, again, totally off that subject, but it's true. I mean, when you look at uh, politicians that have quite a bit of cash flow, when they look at the, um, the average person or even the, the, um, the majority that's out there right now, when they look and they think that $600 yeah. um, is going to really help anybody, um, wow, wow. You know, yeah, for that, some people, that that's a half a month's rent. If that, half a month. Correct. And I think for me, when I look at that, my immediate response is, this is how completely disconnected the government is to the common man, woman, and child. Well, yesterday, last night I was looking at Twitter, and um, Texas uh, U.S. Senator John Cornyn, who was just reelected, um, on his Twitter account, he he posts a picture of having a brisket for his Christmas dinner. And then earlier in the day, there were cars in line for hours at a food bank in California where people um, in Santa Monica, which is a, um, it, it's, it's a, an affluent area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are in line for miles at the Santa Monica airport to get food. And some of that food was going to be for their Christmas dinner the next day. 
today. Yes. So here he is, this U.S. senator. Oh, yep, my family and I, we're having brisket tonight. Yeah, it's the disconnect, and it's very, very um, obvious, and it's very, yes. it, it says a lot, in my opinion, and I think we've yes. seen so, so much of that um, over the past few years that um, it, I think the anger just continues to to um, bubble up. And, you know, for me, that's, you know, I look at things environmentally, I look at things socially, I look at things... Um, in, in all aspects, and I just see um, a majority, or not a majority, I see a, a, a minority uh -uh. of people. I mean, I don't see a whole, uh, it's it's not the masses, so to speak. No, it's but, always a vocal, vocal, loud, obnoxious minority. But I think that the problem, and I'm trying, this is where the hope word comes in, because you know me, I'm probably one of the most vocal people out there, and I will, <laughs> I will cut people off at the knees, I don't care who you are. But yep. I think that the the problem is, and I'm trying to come to terms with it within myself, is that I'm I'm trying to find a common thread. And I'm angry, and yeah. those that I, I I see opposition with are angry. Well, there's a common thread. We're angry because nobody's listening to us. I get yeah. that. So we see a common thread. The difference is, is lack of factual information, and I do blame some really crazy things on that, um, because I think well, that we're not being even... fed. Whatever we listen to is what we're being fed, and so unless you're opening your ears to everything, and then utilize, and then and then you yourself actually do the research on the information that's coming to you, <clears throat> you're literally just being fed the pill of the moment. Whether it's real or not, unless you're actually educating yourself in what is real, in other mm -hmm. words, researching, you're 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 going to get angrier because that's what's being fed to you. Well, and then there's some people, you know, some politicians who know better. They know things. They know they're not totally stupid, and well, they use um, it. it's yeah. Well, it's their willful sure. ignorance. Absolutely when they can use it and what they can use it for and who the, and in the, the, the biggest thing is the money, Yeah. the money in politics. Oh, yeah. That's that, you know, it should be, as I said to a um, wolf biologist once upon a time, I said, you know, science is the equalizer when, you know, when we're dealing with wildlife yeah. issues and, and biology and, you know, uh, our, health of our water and our air it's science it's not opinion it's not um what my brother-in-law's sister's doctor husband said you know it's it's science it's not anecdotal um, evidence it's not it, you know you people can see things with their own eyes but they are totally misinterpreting what they see right and the, and the reasons behind what they see and what, and how they, you know, put that, you know, into the, in the, put that piece in the puzzle. And so, um, instead of money, you know, we, we have to use science in everything, you know, possible because, you know, science works. If your car is not working, you don't take it to a dentist. 
Right, right. right. If, if you're having a foot problem, you don't go to uh, a cashier at Walmart. Yeah. So science. And, and, and that will, if you pay attention to science, you use it, you, you know, look, compare, uh, you know, do the research, look at the numbers and all that. Go from that. Use that as the basis of information. Okay, so we have this. Where do we go from there? How do we use this? How can we? How can this help us make better decisions? I think the big thing with with a lot of um, what I've found over the last few years, especially the last four, is that, uh, and prior to that, obviously, you know, as a as a wolf advocate, as a wildlife advocate, um, we have to deal in facts. Because right. the minute we embellish, the minute we um, slight things a little bit, man, oh man, oh man, are we held to the mat, right? It's like, ah, see, false information, and they and that happens, right? So right. we have to be very factual. Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that having to be factual becomes very boring to them. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, fact, fact, fact. And it's like, God, what do you do with this? You know, especially when they say that we're very emotional people. And I'm like, uh, I got no emotion mm-hmm. going on here, man. I'm just throwing the facts at you. You're the one being emotional. Right. So what do we do with this? And so what I'm finding is that, and we found that we we found this, especially in the last four years, that facts don't matter because everybody has their own theory of what a fact is. I mean, it's, it goes back to that saying, uh, you know, you can have your own opinion, but you can't have your own facts. Well, right. everybody's opinion is a fact nowadays, right? Right. <laughs> so it's right. kind of like, right. it's kind of like, oh, geez, how do you, how do you deal with that? You know, how do you, how do you work that in? And so when we talk about facts, it's like, what, what do you do with that? And, and when it comes to wildlife, where, where do we, you know, it's a really difficult, um, argument when I don't want to hear facts and I don't want to hear your opinion and I don't want your emotion because I've got my own unless you're feeding my emotion or my facts my theory of facts mm-hmm. you know where do you go with that and and I think that's that's always a, 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 a difficult um, place to be when we're discussing things with what we would consider opposition you know what has been opposition yeah well you know, like with the um, the anti-wolf crowd and, and their air, um, air quoting facts, you know, um, about decimating deer herds here yeah. or elk herds in the West. And it's just not true. There is nothing that backs up that wolves are, quote unquote, decimating either the deer or elk Um and and in the West, it's never it's always about elk. It you know wolves I think would eat deer, but it's never about the deer. It's never about anything else but the elk. And um, you know they're eating all the livestock. Well, there's nine in the UP. All of our wolves here in Michigan are in the UP. There's been scattered sightings of of wolves in you know verified in the lower peninsula, but there's never been no established. I mean, they can't even find them to collar them or, or anything. So, um, and there's only, uh, uh, reports of sightings like every, not even on a consistent basis, you know, it's like, Oh, wow. 
okay, well, then, but there's never any proof, really. So almost all of the wolves are up in the UP, except for one that might, a couple of years ago, one did cross Lake Michigan and um, from the southern point of the UP, and it's in the northwest lower Michigan somewhere, and it could be dead by now, who knows. But um, that was a verified sighting. But so the last count, there were about 700 wolves in the UP. And um, it's very rural, lowly populated. Um, There's 900 working farms up there, you know, cows, ducks, turkeys, chickens, whatever. And since um, 2012, 152 cattle have been lost to wolves. So since 2012, so that's the overall amount. Yeah. It, um, a few years ago in like 2013, there were, um, lots of reported wolf kills of, you know, uh, livestock, but it was all on one farm. And that says a lot, right? Yeah. And it seems like there's always the, the one farm in each state where, you know, everything is based on that. It's like, oh, they're killing all the livestock, you know. Well, mm-hmm. when 80% come from one farm, right? it's not widespread. And in, in even like Montana, there's more cows than people. Yeah. And, you know, 70 cows a year might be taken well, by I, wolves. In, in 2020, just, just to put this into perspective, um, you know, it went up a little bit. But again, I'm going to go back to that same, the same statement you just made about you know, uh, uh, how many, I think in 2020, um, the count of cattle was 103. Now they're saying yeah. that's confirmed. So 103 cows and you're looking at what, about 2.6, 2.8 million cows, uh, on the landscape in Montana, 62, mm-hmm. and then they- 62 owners. So put perspective on this. If I look and I'd have to actually go back in, but, um, there are certain counties where you're seeing more killing and, and yep. they stopped giving us, um, you know, we used to have the, the, uh, the livestock loss reports weekly. Well, they stopped giving those out because right. we used them, you know, that was huge. <laughs> you know, you'd be yep. able to say down in, you know, the Dillon area and those places in, in the big hole, that was a majority uh, you see, um, that's the majority of the, the cattle kill. Well, I also knew exactly what the, uh, uh, Montana fish, wildlife and parks, um, wolf management people in those areas, you know, they weren't, they weren't giving ranchers the information they needed. They were giving Mm -hmm. ranchers the information they wanted. And that's verbatim. That's, I didn't make that up. That's what's told to me. Yeah. You know, and that is don't worry about it. Just pile your cows up on the edge of your property. And that that was the theory is that if you pile them up on the edge of the property, your dead cows, the animals will feed on that and leave your live cattle 100 yards away alone. Well, let's that's stupid. You know, yeah. and I'm going to call it what it is. That's stupid. That's very stupid. But they're not. They're not saying move your bone piles. They're not saying burn them, get rid of them, do something with them, blow them up. I don't care. Stop associating because predators aren't stupid. And the other thing is, is they don't care about whether or not, um, they don't, they don't care about necessarily, I don't want to say this the wrong way. 
a, a body count is more important than actually doing something to save your cattle. They would rather right. have somebody call up and say, hey, we just killed a full pack um, or, or we killed the majority of the pack over here next to you. And they're like, good job, good job. You know, how many was right. that? Uh, we killed seven wolves. Well, that's great. Well, then the next week they lose, you know, five more cattle. Right. Well, they don't care about <laughs> that's not the important thing. It's the body count of the wolves that counts. Right. Well, more. we got to kill some more wolves. Right. And that's the part where it's like, where is the education? Where's the education? And where is the um, stop being my buddy, but being my best friend, my neighbor, which I get it. We have to shake hands with these folks. We've got to talk to them. We've got to find out how to help them. But a lot of these folks don't want our help. Oh, no, no, no. They, no, they would, you know, they bristle against it. Hand goes up. Nope. This is how we've always done it. And this is how we're always going to do it. And for me, and this is my thoughts on it and being in Colorado now, you know, with the reintroduction there, my thought is pretty simple. We are going for progress and we are going to move forward. Wolves are coming back, y'all. You know, they're yeah. coming back here. And so get ready, we get have smart. To, it now's the time. And we, I want to help. Listen, I'm not a vegetarian and I'm not knocking anybody who is. I wish I could be, but I'm a Wyoming kid, you know? <laughs> right. But I, I um, so to me, it's not about putting anybody out of business. I want you to be a, a profitable business. And we know that you can be. But you have to work with the land that you're given and you have to work within the parameters and you have to learn to coexist. And you can do that. You can do that successfully. You just have to take the hand that's being, you know, extended and say, okay, show me what to do. Help me figure it out. And we want to do that. You know, but most of them don't. So I'm sorry I took took over on that as far as no, that's you know, fine. That's just, fine. But just it's the Montana it's true. Those were all the points. That's that's how it works out in the West. And, you know, look at Washington. How many packs of wolves have they killed for one, one farm? One rancher. Yeah. Who's ranching in country that shouldn't even uh, lead it, letting them go in, in, in uh, um, uh, public lands that it's Yeah. Crazy. Cows do, don't need to wander into a national forest. And when they do, that is everybody's forest. And whatever happens in the forest, it's not a forest. It's not pasture. <laughs> but yet, it's being it's it, the animals in the forest that call it home. Yeah, are being persecuted for um, the rancher's encroachment. Right. It it makes no sense. Well, and that's and, what, and that's what we fight. So you know, <laughs> how do you deal with that? How's it going in Michigan with that? Because this has been an ongoing fight prior to you know the reintroduction back here. You know, out here in the West. You guys have been fighting this stuff longer than that because they've been kind of on the landscape up in, in the UP and all that. Yeah, we've we've had, um, gosh, I think early in the early 70s, we had just a handful of wolves. So from the 70s to the 80s and 90s, the 2000s till now, um, for our population to go from, our wolf population to go from a handful to 740 years, you know, to 700. Yeah. Um, they're, they, <laughs> you know, we hear that they reproduce like rabbits and, you know, they eat everything in sight and, you know, they're just these killing machines, but, um, there's a lot of things that work against a, a wild wolf. Oh God. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, 
like any other animal, they are just trying to get to the next day. And typically, um, they, uh, you know, oh, shoot, there's a person. You know, they don't want to be around humans. They don't want to see humans. They don't want to be around humans. Um, and, you know, you hear about um, that they need to be managed, that they're out of control, they're overpopulated. And, you know, it's only a matter of time before they kill somebody. But yet we've had um, how many years? Even Let's go 25 years with the reintroduction of Yellowstone. Okay. So there's been 25 years where wolves have been kind of, um, you know, branching out from Yellowstone and other pockets of population. So it's been all these years in, in what, eight wolf states for over 25 years, um, or throughout 25 years, not one hunter, hiker, camper, researcher, whatever, has been killed by wolves in all these years. So I don't know when they think you know, somebody is going to be killed by wolves and then they say, see, 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 I told you, but how long has that taken? You know, if it happens, you, who knows? Yeah, you, you, There's a, a lot more people being killed by cattle and I'm not trying to do it. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I'm not trying to do a comparison, but I just find fear propaganda works. We've been yeah. living it. Think about that. We've been living in fear you know, and that propaganda, it works. The more you say it, the, the, the more people believe it. Um, and that's what, that's what uh, anti-wolf people tout is, yep. is say it four times. And that's a fact. If you say something four times in a sentence or, in, or not in a sentence, but in, in, a, uh, uh, in a conversation, it, it kind of imprints on your brain. And there's some type of belief to that. And that's some study that's out there. But I think that we hear that a lot uh, these days in politics. But, um, and this is something well, we then, know with, with, well, go ahead. Well, with the politics and the wolves here, you know, like in 2013, you know, uh, a, a senator, a state senator from the UP lied on the, um, the situation of wolves in, in Michigan saying that, um, you know, um, oh God, what was his? Anyway, the wolves were killing everything, and, you know, he was standing up for this one one farmer um, that the wolves were killing livestock and, you know, um, just out of control, and we need to hunt wolves. And then somebody else from our state wildlife department said, oh, yeah, uh, wolves were on somebody's porch, and the people turned on the lights and knocked on the glass, and the wolves wouldn't go away. That was a lie. That was totally made up. Um, there was another, Well, yeah, the wolves climbed a fence well. And got in and killed a dog. Well, there was only three sides to that fence. There was a fourth wall missing. And, um, and trust me, and I will yeah. say this over and over and over, and I've said this before when I've had um, people, you know, kind of go toe-to-toe with me, and it's like, what are you going to do if a wolf, and this is when I was living in, in the hills in, in Montana, but, you know, what's going to happen if, if a wolf carries your dog away or starts to carry your dog away and you see it, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to protect my dog if I can. Yeah. But I'm also doing things <laughs> in my living situation that is actually trying to protect my animals, my horses, my mules, so on and yeah. so forth, my dogs, etc. I'm doing things to keep them safe. So I'm right. not just, I live in a wild country. So I'm doing things to protect. Now, did I 
and I and I've been in the back country uh, with wolves. I've been in the back country where I've stumbled upon them, and never once, and I say this with utmost honesty, never once have I ever been fearful. Yeah. Ever. More importantly, I I encroached on them, and it it broke my heart because they literally were they were scared. And right. they were separated from one another and the howls right. and the, oh, my God, how do I? Because the, the fear is there on their behalf. But right. I never feared for my life, ever. I've had them, you know, and, and those are fun conversations for another time to talk about, you know, wolf encounters. And, and truly, I've never, never felt threatened by a wolf. It is innate. It is in the kernel of their brain to be fearful of humans. Right. So when we listen to, you know, years back and, and, oh, my God, when it started popping up again, you know, about, oh, keep your, we're going to have to build cages for our kids at, at, at the school bus stop mm-hmm. because the wolves are waiting behind every little stop sign. And I'm like, when that started, I literally, that was an education for me many years ago to believe, yeah. to, to have people literally touting that and, and people believe in it, you know, the big bad wolf stories. Right. And I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> you know, yes. that's so it, out of control funny even when um yeah there was a, a uh an incident a few years ago in oregon and uh you know the big thing there well you know the wolves are gonna eat kids at, at the bus stop mm-hmm. well a kid at a bus stop in oregon i can't remember what town it was was shot by a deer hunter yeah so <laughs> You're afraid of wolves eating kids at a bus stop, but one gets shot by a hunter. Well, and let's that's go. just kind of like it's out of ironic. Control. It is ironic. It goes back to you know um, going into the backcountry, and and you know this is stuff that we listened to and and fought and continue to fight in Montana um, and Idaho and and uh, Wyoming and wherever else. But is you know, people are so fearful of going in, you know, it's like, home. Oh, there's wolves in that part of the backcountry. I'm afraid to go back there with my kids and my pets. And I'm like, yet, and I've realized also, recognize that a lot of people don't understand this is actually happening. But, you know, especially in Montana, um, because I've had firsthand accounts of this, but the trapping. People, oh, yeah. people do not realize that I didn't mm-hmm. realize it until I got more involved. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, on on uh, um, mountains right on the edges of town, we'll call Helena, Mount Helena, which is right in the, you know, it's right in town. People are out there with their dogs. It's a recreation area. Yeah. And they have traps set right off the sides of the trails for mountain lion and so on and so forth. And it's like nobody knew. Nobody yeah. knew. And their dogs are running around. When I had first moved to Montana, I went out and was in the rivers, and we were actually um, we were out gathering uh, berries. It was so cool and awesome. And my dogs are running in and out of the, the river areas that we were in. Oh, sure. And I, uh, I cringe just thinking about it because how many conibear traps did I, you know, not <laughs> mm-hmm. how, how many did we miss thank the gods you know and i think and, about and dogs do get caught in traps and foothold and counter bear traps and a counter bear and, trap they're gone it's it's yeah it's quick death you know and it's a horrifying death because it crushes their head but and they're they're uh, just anyway i you know yeah, i had bad. a good friend of mine that that her dog got caught in a foothold trap 
and it woke us all up. And she went out, and um, she had uh, in the same area that she was in, and she was pissed, you know. But she went out in oh, that yeah. same area to take a look around uh, a couple weeks after her dog was was caught, and you know the foot was um, swollen and cut and things like that. But the dog did recover, thank God. But she went out, and uh, she ended up running into four trappers. And mm. because she heard a screaming and it was a, uh, a bobcat, I believe. Oh my gosh. In a trap. And they had, she walked around the corner and the guy had his foot on its neck and mm-hmm. it was screaming. And she heard the cock of a gun and they said, you need to get out of here now. And she obviously obliged, but yeah, you know, it's that mentality for one. I went off track. But my point is is that these traps are completely out there and they're Well, they're on public land yeah. and that is the key word there is public. public. Yeah. And what hikers do, what campers do, it is not gonna injure another person. Yeah. These people put those landmines out, basically. And other people can, or maybe not so many people, but other animals. And a trap doesn't care what it catches. That's not indiscriminate. No. And so, I mean, they'll catch dogs, raccoons, you know. Oh, that's a coyote trap. It's only going to catch coyotes. Well, no. It catches mountain lions, bobcats, wolves. I just saw Whatever has the misfortune dog to step on it. I just saw a picture of a, a, a trapped, I think it was a deer, hanging off of a... A cliff area um, that had yeah. gotten hit on a trap, and it was just dangling. Um, yeah, from that, and I it, this that's the problem, you know. We've and the seen, same with snaring. Yeah, the well, same with snaring. With the snaring, you know, we've seen uh, bald eagles, golden eagles, um, multiple predators that have come down, and what they do is they swoop down to grab uh, whatever um, the bait, the bait that's hanging within the snare. Uh, when it's yeah. tree snares, things like that that are you know uh, meant for like. Um, I don't even know what I'm trying to think of, but different different rodent styles like mink and so on and so forth. But um, they come in and then boom, they get they get snagged by their by their uh, uh, their talons and stuff. So it, it, it's indiscriminate. It's uh, it's very um, unnecessary. There's no no reason whatsoever to be trapping. No, um, and, and again, th- this goes to politics. Yep. You know the politicians. Oh, we see lobby money from trappers organization from you know predator calling organizations hunting organizations that's money and voters yeah 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 well you know we're speaking of money and voting and different things you know we have the montana um legislation coming up it's every two years in montana and they voted well fish wildlife and parks voted um to go from uh, their aspect of things, uh, as far as wolves, voting on anything um, statewide uh, through Fish, Wildlife, and Parks every two years, which kind of um, straddles the legislation. Mm-hmm. So my favorite part about this legislation, and I say that um, not in a true fashion, it's not my favorite, but this year we have uh, one of my least favorite politician's husband is involved and he's now in the house and his bills 
that are out there are, um, wow, they are insane. They're big trapping people. Yeah. And we'll just call him who he is, Paul Fielder. Right. Um, Because I have no issue doing that at all. Um, But everything out there is a personal agenda for these guys. Um, And it's a it's a wolf hate thing for sure. Right. Um, And some of these bills are. (laughs) They're awful. I don't know how else to say it. They're awful. Um, You know, trapping. Uh, lengthening the trapping for wolf, uh, quotas, bringing quotas um, up uh, for wolves, um, hunting, hunting at, at night. night. That's one of my favorites, the hunting at night. Yeah. So it's all about what, uh, and we're talking in, in Montana, less than 1% of the population are are um, trappers. And mm-hmm. yet the FWP and... And the legislation, you know, they the legislation they have a tendency to um, stack the deck, so to speak, for right. them and themselves and their constituents or their friends, and that's a big problem. And this year, it is ugly. It is so dark in Montana right now. You know, the new governance coming in. Yeah, um, he's not going to help. No, he's going to make it worse. And I think that's kind of where we're at in this aspect right now. And and looking at these bills because um, legislation legislation starts January fourth, um, yeah. it's scary, and you know how how do you combat a um, a stacked deck so to speak? Do you know right. what I mean? How, what do you do with that? You yeah, know, we got to find a. a one. It, it is a tough one, and and it's not helping the animals. Any animal, no. for that fact. I mean, no. get, getting rid of wolves um, is not changing anything. And then we turn that around. And in, you know, any state at this point, October 29th, thank you, Trump administration decides it's time to take the wolf off the ESA. Right, which also happens January 4th. I was just going to say, everything starts January 24th. So, which is still... Fourth. Yeah, yeah. Gen, 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 did I say 24th? January fourth. Yeah. My apologies. Right. <laughs> um, but to me, that's isn't that kind of new legislation's happening, um, the drop of the ESA happening, um, and you know we're still in the hunting season, you know, uh, and the trapping season at that point. Um, that scares the heck out of me. Well, and that's, it's scary also because once the genie is out of the bottle, you can't put it back in. Right. You can't take once you've given somebody like here, okay, so we've got night coyote hunting. How do you take that back without a big fight? You can't. And so now, and that's what happened in Montana. The floodgates were opened after that delisting right. of Montana and Idaho in 2011 um, the floodgates were open and they've been wider ever since. I mean, the creativity, like, you know, you said, you know, what's coming up next is night hunting. I mean, what, what does that, what kind of sense does that make? Well, every, and the funny thing is, um, I got to quit using the word funny, but when we look, uh, Mark used to say, when we were dealing le- with legislation back in the day when we thought it was bad enough, my God, here we are. Right, today. and look how worse it's gotten. It's gotten so much worse. And the, 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 the 
when you look at it, and this is one of the statements that was made actually in, in a Senate meeting, was it's like this specific bill that you're trying to pass, and I can't even remember which one it was at the time because there was a few that, that, that passed and were, were paying for it, but this bill alone doesn't look that bad. But when you open up your toolbox as a means of killing an animal and mm-hmm. you put all those tools together, mm-hmm. it's decimation. So oh, one, yeah. one tool is one thing. But when you look at all the other tools, so you say, okay, um, night hunting. Well, it can't be that big of a deal. Well, night hunting. Now they want to bring snaring, which they've tried in the past, which is frightening. Then you look at, yeah, I mean, and you can go on and on and on and on and on using silencers, um, you know, which is okay to do in, in Montana, Colorado, you can use silencers in the back country and they utilize You can that. use those, you can use suppressors in Michigan now. Yeah. And the whole suppressors, I love, I'm sorry. Suppressors. Yeah. That's what they call them now. Like harvesting instead of killing. Um, right. It, <laughs> it's, yeah. But for me, it's like, what, where, where did fair chase go? And they say, well, it's for our ears. We don't, you know, it's bad for you. Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. I'm like, Put on some ear, ear, you know, some some some, you know, uh, um, ear protection. It's mm-hmm. been around for a lot longer, and um, I'm not saying that the loud gun is going to do anything, but it sure as heck is going to make wildlife think differently. There's there's no more fair chase. No, um, it's not even a concept. It's how can I become sleeker, quieter, and more of a killing machine? Um, well, and also, you know, so it's okay. So hunters. Um, suppressors, camouflage, mm-hmm. um, scent marking or scent covering up, scent attractants, mm-hmm. five hundred yard scopes, uh, bait, uh, tree stands. Um, I mean every advantage <laughs> that to the human that, hunter. Yeah, and none to the hunted. Yeah, you know, and I find, and that's another thing that we fought for. Ever, and it goes on deaf ears in Montana, is baiting. And they said, we don't bait. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, so when you're on the edge of, my, uh, of Yellowstone, which is where we see such problems right. um, with uh, bison, and that's a whole other issue and right. one that I don't want to even touch right now. But no, yeah. And they're out there, you know, in, in the Gardner uh, Basin in, in, in that area, and they are literally Deckard Flats, which is, you know, just a killing machine for hunters anymore. Right. Um, or has been. Um, you know, they gut the elk, they leave the gut pile, and then they stand over the gut pile and they wait for the predator to come in. Please yep. tell me how that is not baiting. How is that not baiting? You are baiting the animal. And they say, no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. It's either that doesn't fit the specific, the specific definition of bait. Um, Oh, and a while ago I had somebody in the store ask me um, if we gave out um, or if, if we just like just threw out old cupcakes or, you know, donuts, cakes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I said, well, no. I said, you know, if they expire a day, we donate them. And he said, Oh, well, I'm going. I'm a. I'm a going. Bear, I'm going bear hunting. Oh, and um, you know, he wanted to use that for bait. No, 
See, and yeah. I, I would have flipped out. But that's, <laughs> that's I know. I, I tried. I was like, I just looked at No. No, I'm not giving them. No, but no, uh, you know, and and everybody's gonna they're gonna come up with their own their own base. justification. Yeah, and, and you know what was it uh, back in 2012 um, when you and I and uh, Wolves of the Rockies when we all when um, 12 was killed. Yeah. Um, I mean, 06, 06 was killed in 2012. in 12. Jeez, right. I think I need more coffee. But <laughs> when when she was killed and and. You know, you and I, um, man, we did some great work at that time. Yeah, that out yeah. There. We we were um, we were definitely on a tear at that point, and yeah, really putting some stuff out. And we did some great changes um, that were obviously uh, not not held up with a crooked judge. But anyway, um, I digress. But, but it, it brought a lot of attention onto what this wolf, what wolf hunting is all about yeah. and how it affects people and it's not just um uh you know those were national how many was it 11 of the gps collared national park yellowstone national park wolves were killed they and were, they were targeted because they had collars yeah seven of seven collared um wolves and the biggest thing is is that you know i mean that went international when we when we broke right. that out and and that went went really wide and it, it, it did. It brought it brought such and O six did not die in vain because of that. I will I will no. say that a hundred percent. But what it did is it, it it brought some change. And we had we had some good commissioners. And we have good commissioners right now in Montana, but they go away because they're they're elected you know people. Right, right. And so and right now you know we don't know what's going to happen, but. We did create some change, and and you know that was really important. The problem is, is like I said, that that ability to to withhold information, and people just we have so much bombarding us as far as information um, these days, and so people lose that interest mm-hmm. until the next time. And so, right. for me, I think you know I would love to stop having to fight for. Wolves. I would love it. I would love to be able to oh. say, man, they're living, they're, they're living what they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do in our ecosystems. And, and we've got a great balance going on and, and so on. And so I would love to be able to do that. And I didn't, I, I was naive in thinking back in the day that this would be a five year kind of thing. Right. Very naive. This is a lifetime fight, which is really sad because it's based on, um, um, you know, information and help and, and well, fear. yeah. And it, it could be easy. It could be so easy. Okay, well, here's the science. Here's what happens. Here's what happens when you take the female out of a pack. Then you've got a whole bunch of rowdy teenagers who don't know what they're doing, and they're all over the place killing things that they probably shouldn't be killing. Because dad runs away. I mean, yeah. and that's what happens when a pack, when a female gets killed. Let's just look at 06. Let's do that for really quick. When 06 was killed, and for anybody who doesn't understand this, 06 was the alpha female of the Lamar Canyon pack in Yellowstone, um, they ventured outside of the park into Wyoming um, in 2012. Um, her beta male was killed. Then she was shot. When she was shot, um, and again, this was all legally done, so right. I'm not saying anything there because it was legal. Right. She wasn't poached. She wasn't poached, um, and I'll get into that portion in a minute. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that, you know, um, when she was killed, though, 
the entire pack splinters because the female holds the pack together. Mom, yeah, she's the glue of the. Yep. Yeah, she's yeah. A pack is basically the family, it's, and when you uh, and and so when you lose the female, the breeding female, that male who is left still needs to reproduce its instinct. Right. But he's not going to turn to anybody else in his pack because it's family. Right. So he's going to go off and find another female, which leaves the rest of the pack on their own. No guidance, no teaching, no learning. Um, and that goes. They're with, on their own. Yeah. So, you know, the big thing with that is most came back in the park. There was still some left in Wyoming. Yeah. But when we try to discuss that, when we talk about it in meetings and we say, you guys are, you're not. You don't know, you, you know this pack may have killed um, somebody's cow. And that's not a good thing. No, I'm not saying that's, a, that's okay. Right. It's not a good thing. And we've got to find ways to, to help disperse those animals. And the best way to do that is to be on site and, and utilize you know, different tools to scare them off. And they'll go away. But I think the biggest problem is, is that Wildlife Services, which I despise their name, it needs to go back to predator control because that's what they yeah. are. They kill things. But they call Wildlife Services and they say, hey, we had a kill. I know it was a wolf. Get out here and kill this pack. So when Wildlife Services comes out and they trap or they shoot, they're not saying, oh, that one right there is the one that did the killing. I mean, I'm not saying that I, I, that simplifies it. I get that. But they're they're it's indiscriminate so they kill right. and they trap or they shoot the alpha female and like you said the minute that happens you've now dispersed a pack and you've left a bunch of rowdy teenagers that still haven't learned still haven't figured it out because they're still working on learning from their parents and you've left them yep. to sit around right near that ranch where there's easy killing because cows don't move. Right. And the, just well, and then, a problem. Yeah, because after, you know, okay, so you killed that one wolf. Well, the surviving one will go out, find a mate, and create another pack. And then we, and that's actually FWP, well, was it FWP or just a uh, 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 fishing game, somebody's study, where they did a study on coyotes. And if you allow coyotes to do what coyotes do and leave them alone, you actually lessen the amount of coyotes on the landscape. Whereas yeah. when you go out and kill a pack, the other pack's pups grow up and they produce. Now you've just created more more coyotes. I just had a conversation with a, a guy I, I work with um, about this because he's a big hunter. And he was talking about, because he lives out on the uh, eastern plains of Colorado, Oh, and he's talking about, yeah, I like to go out and target, sh you know, shoot coyotes. And I started, I said, what? And he said, well, they're killing all the deer. Yeah. And I laughed and I said, well, you and I are going to sit down and have a conversation. So we did. <laughs> we did. And he he walked away. Um, actually, he was thankful. He said it was a really good conversation and, and he's really going to think about things. And I thought that was good. I was able to keep my keep my cool a little bit. Well, that's that's one good thing there. That was yeah, progress. That was progress. <laughs> But I think it's just giving, you know, saying stop, quit blaming this on this. You just want to shoot them. Let's let's mm -hmm. just call it what it is. But, you know, we have the information. And I think you said it. I don't know how many times. Science, science, science. And I've said facts. And we both. But nobody yep. wants to hear that because it's they want to hear something different. 
So I find that intriguing. You know, it's like, well, they want to hear the opposition wants to hear things that makes them right. Well, and, and do we not when it, we know we're right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be the, 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 the person that stands in the middle and says, Hey, listen, I want to be right too. The difference I, I want to say the difference is, is that we are looking at, we're going off and basing ourselves off of, off of scientific uh, uh, study and the best available at the time, because that's the beauty about science. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's really important that we, you know, I'm, I'm trying to step back, like I said, and trying to listen to find common ground. And that's really difficult to do. So if it's hard for me, it's got to be hard for somebody who's also very stuck in the mud with their belief system. The difference is, is that I want, if somebody tells me something and I'm, I don't know where it came from, I'm going to find out. I'm going to research that. And when it runs into a wall, I'm going to come back and say, you know what, that's BS. It ran into a wall. There's nothing to base that off of. You're just I know. I, always, I say, well, where's your source? Where did you get this information? Can you show me? Where is it? Right. I want to see it too. Because I want to know if I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay. I'm wrong. Let's go a different route. Thank you for the information. Right. But, but we really, and that's the thing, is trying to reach out and say, let's have a conversation. Right. Let's and have a conversation. With, with um, you know, some facts and data. And it, it's it, instead of both sides pulling things out of their backside, because right. it, it, that gets, that is worthless. That's a waste of time, a waste of everything. Nothing's ever going to reach that. That's why if you have the science, if you have information, if you have data, I mean, you use it in, like this vaccine. And they, they didn't just like put a bunch of chemicals and drugs together and say, okay, voila, right. we have the vaccine. Right, right. Let's go just start injecting people with whatever we came up with. We can't do that. We have to have the facts <laughs> that base that right. this is okay. You have to have information. You have to have data. You have to have these things. You can't just have opinions. Because yeah. if you have 50 doctors working on that, you're going to have 50 different opinions. That's not going to make a vaccine that's going to kill a virus. Well, and I think the bottom line is, is, and it's the word you used, which is opinion. You know, um, we all know the saying, you know, about opinions. Yep. But, <laughs> um, and we've all got them. You know, and truthfully, we do all have them. Right. The difference is, is that it, this may be my opinion or, or my, my hope, my wish, my thoughts. But if I can't back my opinion... Um, up with fact, which then would just be, here's the facts, then I need to step back. And I think that's the bottom line. And I have had these conversations where it's like, well, I've heard this happened. And I, I think the same individual I was talking to, you know, we were discussing it and there was a conversation about um, a wolf pack that decimated a herd. And I said, please tell me where that article <laughs> came from. Well, I can't remember. I said, no, 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 really, I want to know because yeah. that is so unheard of because, you know, unlike us, the human animal, wolves, predators in general, they, they, they kill to survive. So it's sustainability. And every time a wolf, coyote, lion, whatever you want to call, whatever predator we're out there, Every time they go for a kill, it's a potential death sentence for them, 
one kick right. to the head and how many how many wolves do we know of in in um uh um Yellowstone have been, you know, hoofed and jaws been snapped, broken um yep. right in the head. I can go with the Molly's male who was a monstrously large wolf, uh hit in the head with a bison uh, a bison um hoof and killed. So yeah. everything is a potential death sentence or it is a uh, a, a potential um uh, injury for sure. So it's not as if they're just going out and killing for sport. Animals don't no. kill for sport. We are the only animal that kills for sport. And I want people to recognize that. That's when they call it sportsmen. You don't yeah. call it a sports wolf. Wolves no. <laughs> hunt to sustain themselves and to feed their families. And so. And, and they can also. Um, it takes an enormous amount of energy oh, gotcha. to take down something that is five times your size. I, and you can't, they can't afford to waste their energy just running around trying to kill things it's, it's, to take down elk or whatever, or to take out a whole herd of deer here. It just because we have, happen. we have elk too, because like all of our wolves are in the UP, all of our elk are in the lower peninsula. Right. So um, they primarily, you know, deer and beavers up in the UP. So um, they can't afford willy-nilly. And actually, our wolves in the UP are smaller than the Western ones. But um, they still can't willy-nilly afford to go around killing whatever just because it's fun. Yeah, I, I think it's, it is. It, it's all this um, misinformation that's out there. And um, people that it, it's hearsay. And they grab it. Because well, not- and the thing is, also, these wildlife departments have biologists. And biologists know the number of deer herds, the number of elk herds, the health of them, the, um, you know, are we having, well, now chronic wasting disease, you know, how is that affecting, how far is that spread? And, but yet they listen to people say, well, you know, they're decimating our elk herds. They're taking, you know, we hardly have any deer left yet. Nobody, what wildlife department is canceling elk hunts or deer hunts? Never. Well, in Montana, aren't there more deer elk seasons now because of farmers? They don't want the elk eating their hay. Well, I think So there must be enough to spare in, in these extra shoulder seasons. Um to add, you know, to have more deer or to, to have more elk killed. Well, 10 years ago in Montana, you know, we heard the same thing, which was they're killing all the elk. And this was every single meeting that I would go right. to. You know, they're killing the elk. They're not in the city. I used to be able to go out and blah, blah, blah. And I just want everybody to recognize something. Colorado, <laughs> I want you to listen up. <laughs> looking at you, Colorado. <laughs> I'm looking at you. Um, I'm here. I'm a resident, y'all. But. This is what happened. Montana, in 1995 and 1996, there was approximately, I think it was between 75 and 85. We'll just kind of, we'll call it, we'll say 90,000. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going high. Yeah. There was approximately 90,000 elk on the landscape in Montana when wolves were reintroduced. Yeah. Today, now there are some number changes, so I'm going to go low on this because I know there's a, the department does weird things with numbering with, with elk these days. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I'm going to not bring that up. I'm just going to shut up and go with it. Today, yeah. there are approximately 135,000 elk on the landscape. Yeah. So 
with that, <laughs> I'm <laughs> just going to say my family, my friends that are hunters, they're not going to kill all the elk. And Colorado has the largest uh, number of, of elk in the U.S. So, well, and also, I mean, aren't they thinning them in and near um, Rocky Mountain National Park? In, because, and that's been mandated. I mean, uh, God, I remember uh, when I lived here prior to moving uh, and coming back and knowing what they're doing, it freaks me out. But, you know, when you talk about aerial hunting in a national park, when you talk about, mm-hmm. you know, doing all these different things outside of anything natural to call the herds in um in Rocky, I mean, I can go and I spend quite a bit of time up there, uh, try to anyway. And, um, you know, in Moraine Park, you can literally throw a rock and hit the butt of an elk. There's just so many of them. <laughs> There's and too many. Well, it's, and it's not natural. It's just no. not natural. And more is not good. No. And that was something that, um, is, you know. Or more does not equal good. No. And, and I've, I've talked to, in the past, again, this is years ago, um, one, specific, <laughs> one specific legislator, uh, he's an older uh, gentleman, but mm-hmm. he, he was pissy, you know, and he slammed his fist on the table and, you know, talking about education. We don't need education in Montana. We got heritage. <laughs> that was one of my favorite ones. But, he, you know, this was the same guy that said, I remember being able to drive through Yellowstone National Park, and you there wasn't a place where you didn't see an elk, and that's the way it should be. And I remember thinking, dear God, yeah. he's on the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Committee, and he's one of, the, one of the big guys. And I thought, this is what I'm up against. And the scary part is, is no, it's not good. It's not the way it should be. It's not the way nature is. And when you think about it that way, um, you're killing our environment. You're killing the land. You're killing these animals. And and it's just not okay. We need balance in, in our ecosystems. And it keeps it healthy. And we do not have good health going on in the state of Colorado when it comes to elk. There's just, it's, it's an overabundance. In Rocky, I've seen all kinds of uh, deformities in some of these elk. Um, that's a problem. And it's because they're stagnant. They don't have any predators, you know, chasing right. them down. And let's go ahead and talk feeding grounds in Wyoming right now. And what's going on in, in Jackson Hole? What just popped up in the last couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. Chronic wasting Chronic disease. Chronic wasting disease. Now, why do you think that is? Feeding mm. grounds. And what are feeding grounds for? A vector sure for disease. Egg- Absolutely. CWD, brucellosis, we can go on and on and on. But what are they doing? And what you and I talked the other day, and I said that one FW, or uh, excuse me, um, uh, fishing game out of Wyoming, Warden saying, well, we can't get rid of the feeding grounds here because people come from all over the place to see the elk here. And I said, that's BS, and you know it. Yeah. That's not why you have feeding grounds. <laughs> you know, uh-uh. and he even said, I think, in the same sentence, well, the feeding grounds have been around so long that they wouldn't understand how to migrate anyway. And I was yeah. like, what? That makes yeah. zero sense to me because it's money. Money, 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 right. money, money. And Tourist money, hunter money. They're year-round making money off those elk. Yeah, and at the detriment of the elk. Yeah, uh, of those Potentially, yeah, well, mostly a lot of, you know, sick from one thing or the other. And, um, well, you know, when you were talking about too many elk in Rocky Mountain National Park, 
that's kind of the situation up in Isle Royale with the moose right. eating the vegetation, you know, Douglas fir trees, you know, um, there were wolves uh, and moose, you know, the population up and down, up and down, up and down. But then, um, you know, the wolves eventually died off without any new ones coming over. Um, it's funny, the Isle Royal is in Lake Superior, which freezes over for, yeah, in the winter, but it doesn't freeze over till February and it freezes over for like maybe 10 days. And then it's gone. So there's a small window of opportunity for wolves from the mainland of it, that's closer to Minnesota to cross the, the ice to get to Isle Royal. So they were thinking, you know, it, it would just repopulate naturally. Well, no, with global climate change and all that, it, it's the water doesn't, you know, there's only like that 10 day of frozen water. Mm-hmm. So, um, then, you know, we've, they've brought in more wolves from Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin. I can't remember if any came from Wisconsin or not, but also, um, Ontario, um, they, and they airlift the wolves from Ontario, Canada, they airlifted. They just, you know, kind of like in a, a, a harness. Mm-hmm. Wow. Up they went but the, the, and, and dropped them in. Oh, that's interesting. That's kind yeah. of, that's kind of cool. It is. And well, and what's kind of interesting is I think there were 18 wolves, I think, that they reintroduced, that they brought to Isle Royal mm-hmm. from these different locations. Right. And these these wolves, they because they were on an island and um, a, a very small island, these wolves and um, I think it was deer. Anyway, their prey was gone, basically. These wolves were starving. So they were like, well, let's see what happens when they have moose. Because there were like... I don't know, 2,000 moose or something on, on Isle Royal. Just way too many, way right. too many. More is not good. Right. Uh, so they airlifted these ones from Canada um, across the lake, and those wolves are doing better than the natural, um, than the ones from Minnesota, Michigan, and um, if if there were some from Wisconsin. And, and actually, we've lost some of, some of those wolves because those those Ontario wolves have come back so good that um, they've taken out other, the other wolves that were there before they got there. Do you think it's just because they're uh, um, sturdier, different terrain? Is it the same terrain, different animal Basically, species that they're yeah. dealing with? You know, yeah, kind of like when we um, look at the Yellowstone wolves and we look at the mollies versus other packs and why they were so, you know, they're still the 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 only remaining reintroduced pack in, in uh, from the original reintroduction because you know they set in the center of the park versus everybody else's around you know the exterior so to speak, and they stay in Pelican Valley which is just brutal in the winter and yeah and learn to hunt you know bison, so is it that same kind of concept? I wonder is just that. Yeah, it, it, stock, it, you know? it might be, um, well, yes, because they are the more, uh, the larger, more bloodthirsty, more aggressive Canadian wolves. <laughs> I love that. The blood that we always hear about. Yeah, they're 200 pounds. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But these um, wolves who were in horrible health and starving um, must have taken down enough moose 
to regenerate their their awesome. strength and their energy and you know get healthy and you know it's like okay well we're finally getting something good to eat and we're not going to share it with anybody so if you are in our way we will take you out which is the wolf way right and i try to tell people that they 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 are very good at culling their own they look at you know predator to prey um when you look at um what how much prey is sitting in one area they're a good gang you know and they're like uh-uh. yeah now there's not enough room for two families here this is my block and they yep. they call their own much better um than we can and in a way and that's that why is, is natural yeah and that's another reason we don't need to hunt wolves very important fact and it's always called it a trophy hunt and people are like no it's not a trophy hunt well are those wolves that you, that you kill in a hunt, are you eating them? No. Nobody's eating wolf. It's disturbing. No. And right. I don't say that and because I love wolves. It's because the meat, it, it's it's a, not a good meat. No, no, no. No. And so it's it's a trophy hunt. Yeah. And um, it's, it's bragging rights. And it's... Um, well, and, and that's the big thing. So when we talk about that, like right now... Um, you know, just to jump focus on that. But right now in Colorado, you know, Proposition 114 was yeah. passed. So, you know, as we move forward in Colorado, you know, they've got um, the Colorado uh, CPW, Colorado Parks and Wildlife um, Commission. So they're pushing that, putting that together as we speak. But they have to develop a plan uh, to reintroduce and to manage the wolves in Colorado um, by December 31st of 2023. That's not a lot of time to put a plan together. This is something that should no. have been put together a long time ago, but I think they all just kind of, you know, we'll wait. So, you know, and they're going to be putting these wolves back and reintroducing wolves, um, you know, west of the Continental Divide. But the cool thing is that Colorado's doing some really, they're going to be doing some good things. So they'll be holding um, statewide hearings about scientific I love that. Mm -hmm. Economic and social considerations. So that means that everybody's going to have a say in an aspect, you know, in, in an essence of this. Um, right. They're going to do periodic uh, public input to update the plan. So that's really important is to be able to say, hey, listen, you know, and have the players that have dealt with reintroduction before, like the reintroduction in, in Yellowstone and Idaho, and having players. And in my opinion, if you can keep Idaho out of this equation, and I mean that because mm -hmm. it's just a killing state. Um, oh, they're they're on they're on a uh, destruction. It's like get rid of them, and that's exactly what they want to do. Um, and yeah. Montana, everybody kind of starts holding on like they're the big brother. You know, let's let's hold on to their ideas and how they do things, and that scares me. And that'll go back to the you know going back to um, you know the uh, removal of the the wolf from the ESA that scares me a lot. But so Colorado's got all this, this uh, stuff that they're going to be doing, and then they're going to use state funds to assist livestock owners in preventing conflict with gray wolves and, and do fair compensation and stuff like that, which I also have my theories on that as well. I'm not a fan. I'm well, that compensation. Uh. Why are we not looking at the European model here? And I've had this discussion with the big boys, and they're smarter than I am, and I get it. But I've had this conversation uh, with Doug, I've had conversations with Carter, and and I've had some conversations with other people. And I'm like, well, you know, it's a great idea. However, which my idea is the European model, where they compensate, which I find it ridiculous that we have to do this, but 
It's for goodwill behavior. In other words, compensate ranchers for coexisting with wolves. Yes. What a concept. Yes. We live in wild country. Yes. Learn coexistence and we we will we will reward we'll you. Reward you for for learning how to do this. Now, why are we not doing that? I don't know. It blows me away. I find it to be just it it, it it's it's they're always it's it goes back to um you know the old wild wild west when the train uh you know Union Pacific was coming through and building the 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 railroads and they were you know cows would get stuck on the railroad tracks and you know what did they say every five dollar heifer became you know the prize winning cow when it got killed because they got compensated for it right so I'm not saying that happens but pretty soon and we know this from from um, past. Where, you know, even Carter Meyer's books where it's like not every dead cow was killed by a wolf. As a matter of exactly. fact, it was less often, you know, that was the case. It was usually something else that happened. And that ticks people off. So we have to have, I think, a different type of, of compensation. And I'm really going to try to run with this. But for me, the other thing is when we look at where are these wolves going to come from, we've got two states especially my or, uh, Idaho that are just itching to get rid of wolves yeah so why not grab the wolves from these states <laughs> mm-hmm. and bring them down and drop them into Colorado that way nobody can say anything about oh it's those bloodthirsty killers from Canada they can right. honestly, you know <laughs> these are the wolves that, that are from here I mean we need that connectivity so I, I just think that that would be a really grand plan is to bring them in from, um, you know, the surrounding states. And then we would kind oh, of have that viability or that, you know, viability there and that connectivity um, from New Mexico all the way up to the U.K. I think that would be freaking awesome. And so I'm not really sure what their plan is, but these are my ideas. And, and I'm sure there are many people's ideas, actually, cause that I've talked about. And we talked about it actually uh, during Sedona Wolf Week when I... Um, uh, had my fun Zoom cast interview with uh, yes. <laughs> with Rick McIntyre, Carter Niemeyer, and um, Dougie Smith. And Doug. yes, Mr. Doug, Doctor Doctor <laughs> Dougie Smith. Um, but um, you know, and I think it was Carter that brought it up. He's like, "Hey, by God, you know, take these wolves from here." And and he meant it in save these wolves, take them to Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And boom, right before we get the vote that Proposition 114 is good to go, they're dropped off the ESA. So um, I've got plans out there to talk to some um, some of the great lawyers from um, Earth Justice uh, on my podca- podcast soon, but we keep uh, running into um, conflict when it comes to time. They're busy. They yeah. get it. But, um, I, you know, I'm really concerned about how that's going to affect. I mean, and we know this. The minute you put states in charge of stuff like this, it gets yeah, scary when you, when you don't have federal oversight. And right. that concerns me a lot. So um, I'm hoping to really um, move forward and, and really get some more answers from, from them. And I'm really hopeful um, that we get um, the new Secretary of the Interior uh, God, I'm so excited for her. Um, yeah. I think that that's, you know, <laughs> I'm hoping that that is going to be helpful for um, all um, animals 
uh, on the ESA or need to be on the ESA is actually having somebody who gives a damn. Um, right. You know, and understands. In. Yes. Well, you know, when you were talking about compensation um, in Wisconsin, wolf hounding goes with wolf oh, hunting. Oh, yes. And so um, they can use towns to track wolves, to chase wolves. Um, this was bef- when they are not on the endangered list, and which they will come off on January 4th. And so, um, but they can use, each hounder can use up to six dogs. And so these dogs are running through rendezvous sites, den sites. It's a death sentence. Yeah, and, and they get killed. Some of them get killed. Well, each dog is worth 1200 bucks, And you don't have to bring back an empty collar. You don't have to bring back the remains of your dog. You can just say, I lost a dog to a wolf. Here's your check for twelve hundred bucks. So this is almost like um, this you know, was Wisconsin insurance. taxpayer money, and and you're you, you're you're good to go either way. In other yeah. words, your dog survives fine, but if it doesn't, I get paid for it. It's that same concept. And well, and if you leave your dog tied up to a tree because it doesn't, it's not worth its weight in tracking anymore, and you just tie your dog up to a tree and leave it. You get twelve hundred bucks. I lost my dog. A wolf killed my dog. If your dog is missing, you get the twelve hundred bucks. You don't have to prove anything. And up to six dogs, <clears throat> you know. So where are we? And, where are you at? Where are they at in that fight in Wisconsin? I mean, where's uh, well, I don't Wisconsin. Know, so I'm asking as far as like yeah. is is Humane Society up there? You know, doing because uh, they're amazing in doing what they're doing. Yeah, well, but, they're doing what they can. But uh, Wisconsin passed a law in 2010-11 where mandating a wolf hunt. So the only way to end a wolf hunt is to change that law. Wisconsin voted, yes, we will have a wolf hunt, no matter what. Wow. Yeah. And trapping also, um, and, and hounding. And even, and if a hound goes on, a hounder is not allowed on the private land in somebody's yard, a homeowner's yard, but the dog is, and they, and they have killed pet, you know, pets, those dogs. The hounds have killed pets, well, but the hounder cannot go onto that private property and and, and uh, to get their dog. The dog can go on there, but the people can't. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, you know we were talking about how people are not killed by wolves that go in. There was another study by Voyagers Wolf Pro- uh, Project, and that's in northern Minnesota. They don't bring guns to protect themselves from wolves. And they're going into, you know, these researchers and biologists, they are going into wolf territory. They're going into denning areas. They're going to rendezvous sites where there are wolves. They know where the wolves are because they're collared. And, um, you know, with the telemetry, they know where the wolves are. And they know that they're going into wolf territory. But they don't bring guns, you know, to protect themselves. 
Yeah, you know, I've never felt the need to bring a gun with me um, to protect myself from wolves in in the backcountry of Yellowstone. No, ever. It's never been a concept. I bring even um, the rangers don't carry guns. No. They they carry bear spray, yeah. which you don't have to just use on bears. No, and trust me, they work on bison. Um, <laughs> yes, but which is good. Thank, thank God. But uh, um, I, but I think that I, I, it goes back again. I'll keep saying the same thing over and over and over. I'm beating I'm, I'm beating this to death. But misinformation, propaganda, yep. fear techniques, yep. anything you can to keep same same. Uh, um, you know, it, it's it fear of change and 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 i find it you know it's such a better place to be i love montana because it's so wild yeah and to me i love i love that i miss i miss that more than anything else i miss the um the absolute wildness of it all right and i'm so excited to be bringing back wolves to colorado to create that wildness. We need it. Our lands mm-hmm. need it. The wildlife needs it. Um, you need apex predators. You need that, um, that, that pyramid. You need that um, cascade, that trophic cascade. You need yes. all of that helps to trickle down um, to everything else and every living species down to the little microbes in the soil. So it's just going to be... Um, Really interesting, really important. The next, uh, this this next administration federally, there's a lot of things that need to be undone. And I don't want to turn. We've already been pretty political today, and I'm trying not to be, but it's it's difficult not to be. Well, really, the wolf issue is is not about the wolves. It's really not about them. It's about politics and money. And it has been. The wolves have been the scapegoat. They've been they've yeah. been backing this this for so long. And if we would just, you know, if 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 it would stop. And and I think yeah. that's what blows me away is that we really did think that the um, uh, this would finally die down, and it's only escalated. It's only right. That worse. those floodgates. That yep. And you know, and in the beginning they said, well, you know, maybe a little bit of blood will help. It's like nope. They they can't get enough blood. Well, and I, I thought, you know, that's a conversation between um, uh, myself and uh, other people where I do not believe that we have to have a hunt to make it tolerable to have wolves. I think it's right. Me either. And like you just said, we've, it's been proven not true. It's never enough because there's always going to be a reason to kill more, kill more, kill more. And if yeah, I look hear, at Idaho. <laughs> oh my, well, because it's, it's a political issue, and it goes back yep. to that same scenario of we didn't want them here. You brought them back federally. We didn't. Nobody asked me. Well, Colorado, we asked you, and we're still yep. getting the same thing because now it's, well, the city folks want to bring them back. Well, well, now, yeah, it's the same thing here with, um, you know, the ballot proposals that we have against, you know, twice. Michigan residents said we don't want a wolf hunt twice. Two ballot initiatives where both of the times wolf hunts were turned down. And yet. Yep. And yet there's the, there will be a push, although <clears throat> um, it, it might take a while. And even Wisconsin is is. Uh, you know, they're like the Idaho of the East. Mm-hmm. Um, they are going to hold off on uh, a wolf hunt until the fall of 2021. 
which great what's going to happen what what you know holding off this is my thing you know and i and i i'm jumping we, we've been jumping all over because that's how you and i yeah. talk anyway we go right, all over right. the place. so you're welcome everybody you're welcome <laughs> um christy and i can sit here and bs for hours and hours and hours as we have and we, and we do in real life too <laughs> yeah this is this is not any different this is actually just a conversation we were on the phone for almost three hours the other night just talking but I think that was great, by the way. It was. Thank you. I've, I've my own immortality. I'm facing it on a <laughs> daily basis. But I, um, I, I find it I, I, like so. We haven't even brought up Wyoming, really, and I'm going to bring up Wyoming yeah. very Ugh. quickly because I, I, um, Ken Mills. I'm going to be calling you if you're ever listening to my podcast. You and I have a conversation. He's a nice guy, and I really like him. But he's an only person there, you know, in so many right. cases. And for me. I learned a lot from Ken, uh, a conversation we had um, when I moved back to Colorado a couple of years ago and we sat on the phone and, uh, you know, I'm not a very trustworthy person when it comes to uh, certain entities within these states. And mm-hmm. so it took me a lot to try to trust um, and understand where Tim was or uh, where, where um, he was coming from. But I, I, at this time and, but I found it really interesting because I learned things that I never really recognized in the state of Wyoming. And that is, is that when they talk about how many wolves they have in the state, it's, it's, uh, anywhere else we're talking about how many wolves you have in the state, um, is not part of, uh, the, the, um, parks. So, yeah. National Park, Yellowstone National Park, Teton National Park, those are separate entities because they're pockets. Yeah, the Wind River um, Reservation area. Right. So in Wyoming, Wyoming utilizes, for their numbers, they utilize Yellowstone National Park numbers as part of their state numbers, which I find abs, and I was irritated by this. So oh, yeah. the point is, is that let's say we have in the Wyoming portion of Yellowstone National Park, which I find interesting because wolves go back and, you know, they, they travel throughout the park um, for winter grounds and so on and so forth and, and, mm-hmm. and for the majority of the packs. So um, say we have, and I'm just going to say we have 100 wolves in Wyoming, in, in, in Yellowstone National Park. In Yellowstone, yeah. Say we have, and I don't even know what the count is, so I'm going to leave this alone. And we have um, 50 wolves in the Tetons. That's 150 wolves that they claim as part of their state numbers. Yeah. But when any of those wolves get killed, they don't utilize those numbers to drop off of the take. (laughs) Well, they don't. No. So what they do is anybody that kills a wolf throughout the state which is all up in those areas anyway, mm-hmm. those numbers are good, but nothing is taken, you know, they don't, they don't drop their numbers, um, you know, based on kills from, from Wyoming. So they're utilizing the numbers to say this is to, an, to, to um, uh, inflate the amount of wolves that they have in the state, meaning outside of the park. Yeah. I just, I, I, that blew me away. It, it's whatever, it's just what's convenient for them. Well, because it makes it look like they can say, well, God, we've got 300 and some wolves in this state. Right. No, you well, don't. <laughs> no, which was. No, you don't. 
at the time of the delisting, when um, Montana and Idaho's wolves stayed off the list, but Wyoming's went back on. Right. At that time, uh, the approximate number of wolves in Wyoming was 321. Correct. And that was um, almost 10 years ago. And so, and also for people who don't know, the Wyoming wolf hunting season um, in the the corridor between Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Park is the trophy zone right. where you need a license, it's regulated, whatever. The rest of the state, if you want to run down a wolf with your snowmobile, have at it. If you want to wipe out a pack, uh, the den in the spring of a, a, a whatever means, if you want to set that den on fire, go ahead. Everything is legal. You don't need a license. 24 7, 365 in, in the rest of Wyoming. They're considered so vermin. And, yeah. And I find, and that's something else uh, through Wyoming's legislation this last time around, um, it was actually being voted on as far as uh, snowmobiling. Now, they literally will run down coyotes on snowmobiles and then. Here um, too. God. What kind of psychopath does that? And they run them over, Uh. and and what it does is it'll pack the snow up underneath, and then they'll either, you know, it kills them or or they suffocate, or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a game for um, psychopaths on snowmobiles. And I say that easily. Um, Yeah. But I. I, they literally that was on the ballot to um to to vote against to say you can't do this anymore and guess what they did they said no they made it it's okay yeah it's you can legal. do this you can do this so what mentality <laughs> what kind of mentality says running these animals down on snowmobiles i mean what a horrendous and that's where money and politics comes absolutely. in absolutely hatred 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 and i don't get it I, don't, I, no. I just don't get it. I mean, where is sound sound ideas? You know, if you mm-hmm. feel you need to call something, I don't think about um, the most heinous ways of doing it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? No, we're, 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 right. we've, we've, we should have surpassed those days, you know, centuries ago. <laughs> you know? Well... Yeah, and that kind of goes to, you know, a lot of times the excuse is, you know, well, that's our heritage. Yeah. You know, hunting and trapping is our heritage. You know, we've had to, do, you know, we've done this for years. Well, it's because when Montana and Wyoming and whatever, Michigan were settled, the settlers didn't bring grocery stores with them. Right. They had to hunt and trap and fish right. for food. Well, for food, clothing, etc. We don't yeah. do that anymore. I I don't yeah. I don't know anybody who does that. Um, we don't see you know. Uh, and now it's recreational. Yeah, it's it, fun. It's sportsmen. It's yeah. driving uh-huh. me crazy with verbiage. I mean, <laughs> words right. being used against animals like wolves, where it's like, oh, they kill for sport. No, 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 no. You do. Nope. Yeah. You do. Trapping. Trapping is no longer a necessity. You just said no. it. When they settled, there weren't you that's how you clothed yourself. That's how you, you know, put blankets on the bed. That's how you ate. That's how there were multiple, if you want to call it reasons, sustainability. Let's just call it sustainability. Yeah. Or survivability. Survivability. Thank you. Um, we're not there anymore. 
We haven't no. been for a very long time. And um, it's just a disturbing thing to do. I understand. And I've had this conversation. I had a conversation, I think it was with um, when I did my podcast with, with Carter. And we discussed um, what the mentality of a trapper is. And he gets it. He was a trapper for years, right? He put himself right. through school that way. But the mentality, and I hear it from trappers, where they say, I love to be able to find uh, and to understand what the animal's going to do next. So do I. That is something that I, I'm intrigued by. I love to be able to watch what's going on and say, they're going to go through here. This is how they're going to do it. And then they're going to, you know what I mean? I love to try to figure out the next move of an animal. But I, <laughs> I don't have to prove that I get it yeah. by putting a snare around its neck or a trap on its foot um, or a conibear trap um, around its whole head. I don't, yeah. I don't have to do that to prove anything. And truthfully, the, 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 um, you know, the, the fur market is disturbing and it's overseas. Stop. Well, yeah. Um, Stop and it. even there's very low demand. The demand for furs has been going down, 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 down. And especially with these minks with the COVID. Oh, that's just nifty. Yeah. And, um, Again, you know, that was a vector for uh, disease transmission, um, close proximity and things like that. But wild animals can catch this. Yes. But um, let's think about where it came from. (laughs) Yeah, right. Came from animals in the first place. (sighs) Yep. And in China. And um, the only market really for furs anymore is Russia. Right. And I think even this year... And probably into the spring of, uh, of next year when the fur trapper, uh, that wholesaler, whatever, I think in Montana, the uh, fur harvesters, big convention thing or whatever, yeah. I bet that's, that'll be canceled. So all these, you know, pelts that, uh, I mean, you can't get rid of them. Yeah. It was just a waste of wildlife. It's a, a total waste of wildlife. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's frightening and it's, what do you, you know, what do you, uh, we've got to find a way to, I mean, trapping is such a small number and yet the, the vast amount of animals that are killed by the small number of people. Yeah. Is, and a trapper's license is dirt cheap. Oh God. Yeah. And so are the traps they use. I love it though. When they say, no, we're using the best of the traps and we're, buying. no, no. We've yet to see any anybody who's out there actually utilizing, um, and truthfully, a trap's a trap. It's still going to do what it's going to do, and the way they killed it right. in the end is still the most disturbing part because, God forbid, you do anything that would harm the, the fur, right? So they don't, right. you know, you're not going to see very many um, trappers that are actually dispersing an animal by a gunshot to the head. They're going to choke no. it out. They'll choke it out by putting their feet on their neck or putting their foot on the head and drowning the animal or whatever they have to do in that aspect. They snap right. it, whatever. It's disturbing. Very um, disturbing. To be able to do the things that they do. And I will call out trapping every day. I will never be kind about it. I will never be no. understanding because it is not, um, it's not okay. It is, no. it is so sociopathic. It's torture. It's, it's torturing. It is. And, um, and you you kill these animals with your hands, with your foot, or with a tool. 
Yeah, with uh, what do they call those uh, Y rods, whatever, where it goes around and then they just yeah, the catch pole catch, type things. It's disturbing. All of it is. So yeah, whew, man, you and I, we could just. I know, here. I know, I know. It's we bad. haven't. We've 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 called out all of the problems um, that are out there today, and and. You know, it's it's Christmas, and we're sitting here talking about this horrible stuff. And for me, I wish there was a solution. And if we had any solutions, um, the solutions... We have the solutions. No. We just don't pay our money to wildlife departments where our voices are heard and actually pay attention to and listen. Well, hold on a second. But we would, but they don't accept our money. Right, right, right. We have it. We have it. But Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation can... Um, give 50,000 here, 50,000 there, 100,000 yeah. here, 100,000 there and their voice speaks because they're the ones that give but we've we've tried to give money and they're like we don't really want you at the table. Oh, we can't we we want it but we can't otherwise we have to give you a voice, we have to give you a seat. Yeah. We can't we can't take it. So, and um uh oh, I was just going to say something about that too. Go ahead. Um well, I'll think of it maybe. <laughs> you'll get it in there. It's okay. I hope so. For, I hope so. For me, I think, you know, as far as wrapping things up a little bit today, because you and I are going to do this again, but <laughs> for wrapping things up today, I think for me, you know, if we could come up with a solution. Oh, I remembered now. Hold there on. There it is. Go, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, it does a survey every five years where they survey uh, non-consumptive wildlife users, um, users of wildlife like uh, bird watchers and, and wildlife watchers mm -hmm. and hunters and fishermen or anglers, as they're also called. Well, in every five years, and this information comes from the state wildlife departments and, and, and stores and retail and whatnot, campgrounds and things like that. So it's all, it can all be documented. You know, there's actual information as to how many people hunt, as to how many people fish, as to how many people, you know, watch wildlife. It, it's documented. They do this survey every five years. So um, there's hunters, anglers, and uh, wildlife watchers, we'll say. Um, the people who outnumber, wildlife watchers. And then um, number two in numbers is fishing. Number three, hunting. Uh, the money, wildlife watchers, number one, fishing, two, hunting, three. Crazy. So they're the lowest number. They spend the least amount of money, but they have the most power. And the only way to change, and I'm not saying it's changing, mm, yes, I am. The only way to change the power, the only way to even the playing field, and I truly believe that's all we're looking to do. I'm not looking to take away anybody's right. What I am looking for is to even the playing field for wildlife yeah. and for our ecosystems and for the non-consumptive to be able to go out and enjoy and to yeah. to be able to um, not worry about um, losing an animal or anybody or anything uh, to a trap or um, wanting to go out and see wolves in the wild if they can um, because they've been decimated once again out of hatred, not out of necessity, because we do, we need them. Right. So killing them off for necessity, that's not a fact. We, we need, we need them on the landscape and it's been proven over the last 25 years 
on how important wolves are to the landscape. So it's really important that um, to, to, to go with what you were saying is that we need to be vocal. Everyone yeah. needs to be vocal. This is your land. Yeah. And we need to make sure that we are being heard, whether you are a hunter or whether you are a non-consumptive user of the land, a hiker, a backpacker, a bird watcher, like you said, people mm-hmm. who enjoy seeing and, and being a part of the land, we need to be vocal because there are things that are no longer necessary. And well, I and then it's... there's those of us who, um, you know, people, there are some people who actually enjoy the howl of a wolf, the yapping of a coyote, the hoot of an owl. Um, you know, they like the sounds of the woods and the wildlife. And there was this nice um, Jim Vanden, Jim Brandenburg in Minnesota, a wolf photographer, a longtime uh, nature lover. Well, he had uh, a pack of wolves in his area where he would go hiking, and, and they're gone. They were killed in the hunt in the Minnesota wolf hunt. They're gone. He doesn't have that anymore. Those wolves were taken away from him, and even though he, you know said no, you know, protested against the hunting of wolves and whatever, um, those wolves are gone. He, he was ignored. And it's, it's money-based. It's not about our environment. It's not about what's best for our ecosystems. And I find that, I think that's the bottom line. It drives me crazy that, that the almighty dollar, um, because there are other ways to make money. I'm just saying that when people say right. but we need the money, we need the money to be able to to um, take care of this land, then accept the non-consumptive money. Right. Accept the fact that in Montana, when we tried to get the wolf stamp going, and now that's being completely, you know, shunned because yeah. they don't want non-consumptive money. Nope. Um, which, again, how do we change that? Voices. We need voices. We need they would rather have a budget deficit than take our money. Yes, which is really frightening. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's really frightening. They would rather spend um, $900,000 a year killing wolves or finding a way to kill wolves, managing wolves, and realizing this is legislative Montana stuff from, from uh, back in the day, than and trying to figure out how in the heck to come up with that money or leaving it up to, to um, uh, the commission and, and FWP to try to figure out how to come up with that kind of money, then to actually say, well, we really don't need to to manage them, you know, and spend this kind of money. But it's a way to plant for future this this thing that says, it costs too much money to manage these wolves. We have to get rid of them. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just a stepping stone for 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 uh, all-out mayhem on, on predators. Well, I wonder what would happen instead of a wolf tag being, what, $18.75, mm-hmm. $18.75 in Montana, is that it? Uh, yeah. If they charged um, maybe 100 bucks. Well, and what they want to do right now, again, Paul Fielder, once in one of his bills, he wants to make it as part of the um, just a giveaway. So where you get... Um, you know, you get your little tag with your hunting license, and um, you don't have to worry about paying for a wolf tag. That's one of his bills as well. I mean, there's just so many of them that he's putting in there to, to make it easy to kill wolves that it's it's not even funny. 
you know. Well, see, it, it, that, it just doesn't even make sense. I don't know how FWP is going to go along with that because they're cutting their own throats. You know, they're not going to get any more money. And it's, yeah, it's, it, it's 19 bucks, 19 bucks for a wolf tag and 50 bucks. Well, for and, and you can, and you can get up to five, right. For hunting and five yeah. for trapping. So one person can legal take out, legally take out 10 wolves, right? Um, no, I believe it's a total. So you've got, you can trap you can five, get, you can hunt five. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'll have to look at that again, but we also know that, uh, some point we will find a way to prove this, but we know that there are certain people within um, uh, certain areas that are utilizing. They're really good at killing wolves, and they're utilizing uh, family member tags and everything else. Oh yeah, um, which you know goes back to yeah a lot of issues that that uh, FWP needs to be looking into, but won't. So, you know, that is what it is. So, um, we are going to have to do this again. I want to, I want to, we're going to wrap this one up, but I do want to say, um, thank you. Merry Christmas. Thank you. And Merry Christmas to you and to everybody. And actually all this talk about wildlife yesterday, I saw a big bird fly by the window the other day, yesterday. And I was like, Oh, and I looked, and yep, a bald eagle just came and planted itself right in this tree. Oh my like god! Twenty that's... yards away from me, and I was like, "Oh!" And I just, I had to go way down because he was way up high, and the trees were in the way. Watching this bald eagle. Oh my god, that's so <laughs> and awesome! Then two crows came along, and and one was feeling pretty bold because he would like fly up to the eagle, and then he would fly back and. What's going to happen here? (laughs) It's kind of funny. The smaller ones can take them on, but that's awesome. See, beautiful things are still out there and we can still see them when we're, uh, when we're actually looking for it. And um, so on that note, Christy Lloyd, thank you so much for joining me today. And you're welcome. Thank you. Kim Dean. (laughs) Uh, I love it. And I, I, the next one, I really, you know, with you, I want to talk about, I actually want to go back. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to pin you down now, but I want to go back. I want to talk a little bit about, um, Yellowstone with you and me and a lot of our adventures in Yellowstone, but also what we went through and, and how we, we really exploited, um, what was happening around Yellowstone with 06 at the time and then how we can maybe, um, change things going forward for, for uh, um, the states that already have wolves, um, but you know, just I just kind of want to talk about some of the beauty and some of that that came out of horrific situations, and I also want to talk about obviously um, my favorite wolf and what's happening with um, haters, you know, with the Canyon Alpha female who was poached inside the park. Yeah, and kind of talk a little about uh, about that and and what we need to do um, and how we can maybe. Um, change things as far as poaching goes and and how the laws seem to be different between poaching wolves and poaching an elk um so if you'll join me later that would be fantastic i would awesome i love to hear that so (laughs) on that note i wish everybody a very 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 happy holiday and um we'll just look forward to talking to y'all again soon thanks chris yes merry christmas everybody and the best 
2021, please. <laughs> Amen. Oh. Year, please, please, please. <laughs> Amen to that. We'll talk yeah. again. Alrighty. Hey, friends, I want to thank you for hanging out with Christy and I today. We had a really good time, and I hope you did too. I want to thank SKB Cases. They are our sponsor and truthfully some of the best stuff out there that I only trust my equipment with. Um, I want to thank you guys again. Please, I hope you had a fantastic holiday with your friends, your family. Please stay safe. Please stay healthy and happy. And I look forward to hearing from you and talking to y'all next year. Bye-bye.